when you give me a, a soapbox, I can largely leave people a little depressed, like, holy smokes, the cost is only going one way. Like, what are we going to do here? Um, options exist. Let me, let me just start off by saying that. Options exist. I mean, it just goes back to one of the questions that I, I kind of, uh, rhetorical question, like, how far are you willing to go? From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. Employee healthcare in America continues to be an explosive topic, so it's no surprise that it can be difficult for employers to understand the best way to execute an effective employee benefit health plan strategy among their workforce. Today, Dean Stitz, a consultant with McGowan Braybender, the largest independent employee benefit brokerage firm in Ohio, understands the challenges businesses are facing in this area firsthand and works with companies to reveal employee benefit health plan opportunities they may not even be aware of. Welcome, Dean. Welcome. Thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Glad you could make it. So, employee health plans... That is just a scary topic for both employers and employees. I just feel like, you know, I I don't even know what I'm looking at when I get, you know, the open enrollment uh, time and, and we're in that time of year, right? So mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about some strategies for employee uh, health plans for, you know, say a, a smaller company, you know, below 50 employees. What What makes sense there? What do you see in the market? Sure. Well, uh, I want to maybe make a comment on the very first thing you said about, you know, it's largely misunderstood, like in the moment, and you're really only thinking about healthcare come that open enrollment period, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to be relevant? What do I need to be thinking about? And, uh, you know, largely healthcare is episodic. It only matters when it matters, whether you're going to the doctor at that time. So Great you kind of hear from an employer perspective, but also maybe more so employee, you're thinking about healthcare. Uh, in that moment, but you might not go see a doctor or go to the hospital or, you know, refill a prescription and three months, four months, nine months into the year. Right. So largely, uh, you just got to kind of be cognizant of that when you have those initial communications and then making sure as an employer, you're continuing to drive, you know, some of those strategies that you speak to. And, you know, maybe it's the the month before your renewal period right. uh, throughout the year. So do you help folks communicate that to their employees internally as well. I yeah, mean, absolutely. The The strategy there is to to do it when you got to do it, which is when you're making a decision on what do you want to enroll in, uh, but then also have, uh, you know, emphasis behind reaching out to your employees kind of throughout the year. And your broker should be driving that process. Okay. Uh, and that, you know, whether, whether that's monthly or quarterly, whether that's a bulletin, uh, bulletin board material, whatever, however your workforce is kind of positioned. Yeah. But uh, to the question about under 50... So um, maybe what, what would be helpful is to almost kind of take a step back and say, okay. uh, you know, I think kind of the, the reoccurring themes that you may hear about are, you know, the Affordable Care Act, ACA, right. also known as Obamacare. So right. really said three different ways. Uh, you know, that uh, law passed in 2010 and then it kind of, it, it was enforced in 2014. And the intent behind that was to, you know, find a solution for many people, both employers and individuals. And uh, in the small segment space and the under 50 employees, uh, I'll largely, you know, kind of speak to small on the assumption that they're under 50. Sure. Yep. But it's within that space that the ACA was meant to uh, kind of be another option for you. Okay. So 
Uh, you can be medically underwritten, which is your employees are, you know, judged or valued, uh, reviewed for them, right? So sure. their their health demographic and, and whatnot. And so uh, the Affordable Care Act gave it another option, right? So you could be rated based on age. Okay. And the intent there was to uh, have that pool be a very large group of people, both people that work for an employer, but then also people on their own, whether they be a 1099 or even, you know, just a different field that wasn't even offering health insurance. Bigger, so Bigger sample size, so to speak. Right. So you yeah, spread, so the, spread the risk, basically. The idea behind insurance is law of large numbers, right? So you had uh, people that needed health care that were enrolling in this, but you also had people that maybe didn't need it, but there was a penalty associated for it. So mm-hmm. they were doing it too. Well, uh, you know, there was a penalty that was, you know, a number that wasn't necessarily high enough for many people. So if you're a healthy person, believed you're invincible, uh, whatever it may be, you didn't need healthcare at the time. You largely uh, looked at that as saying, "Well, shoot, I'd rather just pay the penalty yeah. and then and then not pay the significantly higher monthly premium." So then you had all these healthy people removed out of this pool of people. Sure. So now the only people that are in that pool are people that really need it. Right. So now there's, you know, we we kind of talk about it as an option, but you know, and this will be a loose percent, but maybe ninety five percent of the time, an employer in the small space looks at that as not a viable option. Yeah. They'd rather be reviewed for them. Yeah. You know, just because of the pool and what it currently looks like today. So uh, you know, it's not the best of options for many people. Uh so the process is either stay as is, what you looked like before 2014 with minor tweaks, you know, maybe change a deductible. Uh, but you can only do that so many times before your employees really, really feel it. You can only right. pass on that cost so many times. Sure. So uh kind of the the idea behind well, what about a third option? And yep. so to, to quickly kind of go into that, it's it's called a, a MIWA, which stands for Multiple Employer Welfare Arrangement. Okay. Essentially what that is, uh, said simplistically, is a lot of small employers joining forces mm-hmm. to operate in large number. Okay. So a carrier would rather rate that large group, say 40,000 employees okay. versus the 40. Again, it's the larger sample size, so you're spreading that risk and, mm-hmm. and it's more uh, cost effective for everybody. Correct, yeah. So that's kind of the... You know, w- when you're a small employer, you feel very handcuffed. That's a very bona fide solution here over the course of the last four years. Okay, so you've seen those grow in in popularity. Okay. Yep. Now, how do you how do you get involved in a in in one of these? I mean, is that obviously you you guys do this stuff? Right. So how yep. do you... We actually were uh, we created the very first okay. uh, me one in the state of Ohio. Yep. So we were behind that plan, and that was the SACA plan, which is Southern Ohio Chamber Alliance. Okay. And essentially, you know, you can be a member of uh, approved chambers, trade associations. Okay. You and I are both involved in the Builders Exchange. Yeah. And uh, within that Builders Exchange arrangement grants you access into a pool like that. Okay. So the carriers have, uh, most of the carriers, major carriers have an option kind of within that realm of quote unquote MIWA. Okay. Now are those, is the, the, coverage under a, a plan like that, is it typically comparable to what you'd see as an em- employer, you know, a, a small business, their own plan type of yeah, thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, quite frankly, if if you're willing to kind of go through the effort of filling out the medical questionnaires, which requires all of your employees to do it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the number one thing that we would suggest looking at. Okay. Wow. So, you can get all the, the typical different options that you might have, uh, Different levels of deductibles, right? And yep, copays and things like that. It's not like you're you're kind of joining a group, and the only way that it's going to work is if you just pick between these two ideas or okay. two plans. There's there's plenty to kind of pick between. To almost maybe outside of a few tweaks, and I'm talking minor, uh, you know, 
plan design changes. You'll find one very, very comparable to what you're currently offering. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Great option. So good to know. Um, now, what about as, as we move up the food chain a little bit? So if you get into you know, more mid-sized businesses and, and, and that type of thing, what other options are, are there for those kind of folks? Yeah. So, you know, each each segment space, and I'll say two to 50, 51 to 99, and yeah. 100 plus kind of all have different rules and regulations. Okay. A lot of small employers kind of fret the 50, you know, the 50 mark. Yeah. Because it, it, it does change. But said differently, I think it really opens up opportunity. Okay. Options are king. And Absolutely. in the small space, you only have two or three, three or four. You feel very limited, very handcuffed to your reality. In the medium sized space, it really opens up. And so, uh, you know, think of maybe think of it on like an X Y axis. Okay. Risk and reward, respectively. Yep. Uh, you know, fully insured is you know you're paying a monthly bill. At the end of the year, you have a renewal, and you kind of rinse and repeat. Right. Outside of you know, hey broker, go beat this up for me. <laughs> right. I mean, we're we you all hear, can do that. You hear it's that like, every year, right? <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's like, well, how about we talk about the value add that we actually do on top of all of that? Right. Um, that's a, a sales guy's wishful dream. But when you think of it like that, there are, so I kind of said there are two or three options in the small space. You know, I'm going to loosely say maybe there's eight or nine in the medium-sized space. Okay. And so think of it kind of from a linear progression, fully insured being low risk, but low reward, you know, paying probably a significant renewal come every, you know, renewal period, uh, quite frankly, all the way up to what largely was previously only discussed in the hundred and above space. Okay. Fully self-funded reference-based pricing. I mean, there's there's kind of... You know, those are animals in their own right. And the the more risk appetite you have, okay. the more cash flow, the, the more those make sense. Okay. But in that medium-sized space, we can review those with employers. And that's kind of, you know, maybe 10 years ago, we weren't doing that. Okay. So there's more options for them. In other words, if they have, um, you know, if they're fairly profitable, have a lot of cash flow, because the the expense to them might be very different from year to year. Is that why you say the, the risk? Uh, to be self-funded, to not get into the weeds, to be self-funded, uh, you're paying for your own claims. Right. So although you still put insurance on top of that, a bad month looks a whole lot different than a good month. Yeah. So that's kind of where my cash flow comments you gotcha. know, are driven from. And and they can put obviously a cap on the on the high end. They can, yeah. But that cap still is, you know, pretty extreme. Not extreme. That's not the appropriate word, but fluc- fluctuate. It can fluctuate. Okay. Okay. So, you know, smaller employers might not have that, you know, that risk appetite or tolerance in order to do something like that. So in the, in the mid-sized space, what, what are you seeing? What trends are you seeing uh, in there in that 51 to 99 type size company? What, what's happening there? Yeah. So previously, maybe we would just label that pretty simplistically full, fully insured. Okay. A lot of employers just kind of paying your monthly bill. At the end of the year, you get a renewal. Uh, you know, like I said, you beat it up and and you you kind of say yes and you move on. Uh, more employers are making changes. Okay. Um, consumer driven healthcare, uh, you know, high deductible health plans um, are all kind of putting more emphasis for an employee to kind of think twice about what they're doing. Okay. So you're seeing a lot of. I would say maybe that was the strategy uh, over the course of the last five years. You've seen a lot of employers, you know, move into that direction. And uh, quite frankly, you know, I, we'll, we'll look at TVs till we're blue in the face when right. it comes to like, which one I want to go buy. <laughs> but when it comes to going to see a doctor, it's like, well, now I got to go and I, I don't have a primary care physician set up, so I'll just go to the emergency room. 
Wow. You know? Yeah. And, and the idea behind the high deductible plan is, is now you might have, you know, ho- hopefully you're, you're getting that person to kind of think twice before they go do it. So then maybe it's your urgent care. Right. Or quite frankly, it's, it's truthfully trying to set them up with the primary care doc. Yeah. So that way they're going there first. Um, if we're really getting uh, kind of uh, techie and new age, it's even teledoc type, type deal. Okay. So like the very first conversation you're having is with a guy within 10 minutes on your phone you know, and he's telling you, you go, ah, and you're literally looking at him, you know, through your telephone. Wow. Yeah. And in fact, uh, this past summer, I, uh, I had an eye infection. It was pretty gnarly. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a really good consumer yeah. of my healthcare, right? Sure. It's, it's what I preach. You're I in gotta, the business, right? I got to go do it. So, uh, I called, I called the teledoc and it's $0 to call him. You know, it's significantly cheaper for the employer. So there's incentive to want to sure. you know, lead, lead me there. Yeah. So I call and I'm thinking like, I probably need to go to the urgent care at least, but you know what? I'm going to call the teledoc. Yeah. See and, how this uh, goes, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's reading my quick little bio, right? Of, of what's going on. He goes, so it sounds like you have an eye infection. He, he goes to look up and he goes, oh my God. And you know, <laughs> he just kind of stops me mid sentence and says, you know, yeah, we're not going to, we're, we're going to end this call. You're going to go to the emergency room. Wow. Right there. And uh, you know, that was first round of consult. Like if I had the sniffles, he would have told me, you know, here's the script. Yeah. Right. He would have t- told me to go ah, and you know, he would have diagnosed me and maybe written me something or, you know, maybe just said, you know, you know, go back to bed. Right. Right. So are you seeing receptiveness though, to these types of things? I mean, I, I see what you're saying though, about like, oh, well, if they're buying a TV, they'll go research the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But for that, it's like, ah, I'm not doing that. Right. Yeah. When you, uh, when you talk about, uh, I mean, show me another industry that's increasing to the magnitude that healthcare is. Yeah. Like you, you won't find it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, l- largely a lot of employers have had to uh, kind of redirect their paternal, you know, focus saying, hey, I'll Im- incur all of the expenses myself t- and, and pass a little bit of it on to the employee. So, uh, as far as utilization goes to your question, I do see trend okay. leading to, to, to that, uh, that employee engagement. And that largely goes back on communication. And it's not just in the month of December when you renew in January saying, hey, call the teledoc. Um, it's throughout the year. It's okay. on your bulletin. I mean, I work, you know, largely in, uh, I mean, quite frankly, all industry, but in the construction space. And, you know, it's just engaging those guys. Maybe it's in their, you know, monthly safety meeting. Right. You know, bringing us out, bringing the guy, you know, wearing the suit out saying, uh, hey, this is what you need to be doing in this moment. You might not think you need to do it right now, but like a week from now when, when I'm not around, You'll, you'll remember the conversation that we just had. Yeah, that's that's excellent. So so they've got more options in that kind of mid-sized space. Are, are you seeing trends in terms of what percentage, say, the employers are, are paying uh, of the coverage versus, you know, passing along to the employees? Has that shifted over time or remained flat? Where, where do you see that? Yeah, it's definitely shifted. You know, you hear less and less about an employer paying, you know, 100% of the health care. Mm-hmm. I'd say a decade ago, before I was in the industry, uh, you had a, a higher clip of employers that were doing that. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely been a trend uh, away from you know employer coverage. Yeah. It's without a doubt still labeled employer coverage. I mean, the four grand. I'm, I'm loosely using a number. Right. The four grand that an employee might be paying it by the year's end because they have a four thousand dollar deductible and they had a bad year and they had to go to you know see the doctor and they had a lot of you know maybe two or three major episodes. The employer is on the other end of that paying 16000 Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, s- certainly seeing uh trend only go one way. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and not to, to kind of get on uh, the McGowan Brabender horse or anything, but 
you know, we, we really push our clients to kind of think, how do you want to pay for this? Right. Uh, how far are you willing to go? Right. And uh, are you serious enough to address this? Yeah. And and then I'll, I'll even, I'm, I'm a bit of a gambler and I like to play blackjack. So I'll, I'll even kind of use a, a blackjack parable. You know, I, my strategy is, and it's not much, but when I'm up, you know, I'm playing with house money, right? Right, yeah. And I play a little more freely. Sure. I don't have to think maybe quite as hard as what I want to do. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't play by the card quite as much. Yeah. Um, and that might've been historically, you know, it, this was a line item that we could afford. Right. Uh, but over the course of the last decade, seeing, you know, trend exponentially increase, employers now are, are kind of thinking, you know, they're kind of looking at this thing differently or they need to be. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a couple of years they weren't, but now here they are, you know, their stack is half as high. Right. And they're not, you're, they're looking at this thing with just laser focus. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe their existing broker relationship for, for decades has, has been a solution for them. But now it's like, we got to look at this two times, three times different ways. We need to know what else could we be doing? Well, to me, it goes back to, you need, you need to be a specialist. Um, you know, and we, we preach that all the time. You know, we have, uh, there, there's other firms out there that try to do everything for everybody. And I, I always say that's, that's a mistake. I mean, you can expand what you do certainly to some degree, but you got to be you got to remain an expert and and highly valued at what you do. And and for you guys, this is all you do, right? You right. only do the the you know the the employee health plan uh, yep. arrangement. So I we, think that's unique because you don't see that a lot. You see, you know, when I talk to companies out there, closely held businesses, they're like, oh yeah, we have a our firm that does this. You know, they they provide our insurance too, and and you know, property and casualty, and they've got something they recommended for us. And you're thinking. What are they not seeing, right? There's so many different things that I can't imagine they they just have no knowledge of. And mm-hmm. that's that's important, I think. We know what we're good at. Yep. And we stick to it. Yep, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about large employers. So we 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 touched on this just briefly, but you know, if if you're looking at options there, if you're over hundred employees, uh, I, I've heard self-funding become more prevalent. So, what what are some options that that a larger company might have? Yeah. So, so to kind of go back to the to the uh, story, kind of that I told about, you know, risk appetite evolving as you get larger in size, uh, you know, more cash flow to help kind of make those decisions as you as you navigate up that X Y spectrum, uh, you know, to self-fund your your claims means options. Like I had said, options are king. So now you're kind of operating on a, on next level, almost like outer space level mm-hmm. of options. And so you're waking up to make widgets, whatever it is that you do for, you know, as you drive your, run your business. Um, so you're leaning on, on the us's, right? Right. I just made up a word. You're, you're leaning on us to kind of be that guy that comes to the table saying, Hey, this is what's going on out in the market. This is an avenue. This is an option. Uh, because it's kind of yours to, Define mm-hmm. um, when you're self-funded. You you kind of have the most chips in your corner, and uh, like case in point, so orthopedic surgery yep. is. Uh, so let me even take a further step back. Eighteen percent of the GDP uh, of the United States is healthcare. Wow. Yeah. Orthopedic surgery is four point seven percent of that. Wow. To put that into perspective, our food is five. Wow. So orthopedic surgery is almost comparable to food. <laughs> In the GDP. That's and crazy. And what if I were to say 70% of that, $900 billion, keyword billion. Yeah. So 4.7% equating to 900 billion. What if I were to say 70% of that was avoidable? 
Wow. And so, you know, in the fully insured space or in these kind of like in-betweener type spaces, this option doesn't exist. But you can, the word I'll use is kind of carve out what your bi- your benefits program allows. Yeah. So uh, kind of within this space, there's, there's orthobiologics that are out there that essentially replace the invasive surgery okay. with a non-invasive procedure. You're not even knocked out, you know? Uh, and the recovery time is substantially shorter. Wow. The cost is a fifth, a fraction. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Yeah. Your employee doesn't miss time. We, we, we always try to quantify, you know, what time missed even sure. means. Difficult to do. Right. But it's a number, right? Yep. So a number plus, you know, 70% of 900 billion. Yep. You know, put that in your pipe and smoke it, right? right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a big deal. And that's just one of many options. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we see employers kind of having those conversations for the first time. Uh, but in our, in our world, you know, we're, we're kind of staring at like a lack of transparency, right? Um, yep. And you're, you're starting to see it on 60 Minutes. You're starting to see it kind of out there in the market. Uh, you know, whether it's a drug, uh, I, I'm a type 1 diabetic, so I'll use, I'll use insulin, for example. Sure. 10 years ago, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say 13 years ago when I was diagnosed. Um, a vial of insulin was $40. Yeah. It's over $600 now. Yeah, which is insane. All we've gotten, all we've, all that's happened over those 12 years is we've gotten better at making that stuff. Right. But we've been acquiring. Yeah. Right? So yep. the drug manufacturer that initially created that, you know, vial of insulin, three kind of came out and they helped push that price down. Yeah. Uh, and then that one of the, one of those four, right? Uh, bought the other three. Sure. And then jacked the price back Consolidated up. it. Yeah. yeah, there's there's such little regulation in that space. Yeah, that's insane. And so, I mean, when, when we ask ourselves where are these cost increases coming from, yeah. you, you don't have to look very far. Uh, but the difficulty is just really being able to call a spade a spade because it's just largely uh, not easily visible for us yeah, to, it's to not, for us to review. As you said, it's not transparent at all. And and if folks don't know about it, and there's no incentive because the companies that control that market obviously want to keep that market in place. It's very profitable for them. So, um, you know, I, I think the lesson here is you got to get back to getting an expert like yourself at the table to go over all these different options because so much of this stuff, I mean, I, I mean, we could probably go on for hours and hours. You just, you're not even aware of, you know, mm-hmm. and if I'm, whether I'm a small employer, medium-sized employer, large employer, I want to have all my options laid out for me and understand the risks and understand the costs and benefits and then make an informed decision, right? That's what it's all about. Absolutely. And when I, when you give me a, a soapbox, I can largely leave people a little depressed, like, holy smokes, the cost is only going one way. Like, what are we going to do here? Yeah. Um, options exist. Let me, let me just start off by saying that options exist. I mean, it just goes back to one of the questions that I, I kind of, uh, rhetorical question, like how far are you willing to go? Right. Right. And of course, who knows what kind of changes are coming. I know the ACA is under attack in the courts and, you know, we don't even want to get into the political environment and what's going to happen right. with all that. Who the heck knows, right? But I'm you, purple. I'm not red. I'm not blue. <laughs> but you can only plan for what we know today. And and as you said, there's a lot of options. So I would encourage uh, business owners to to reach out to to Dean to have a better understanding. So that's great information. Thank you very much, Dean. And if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's show. 
You can subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts, including YouTube. And while you're there, leave us a review. With the holiday season now roaring along at full speed, we will be taking a few weeks off from producing Unsuitable to enjoy some quality time with our family and friends. I hope you have plans to do so and do the same. From all of us here at Ray and Associates, we would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us on January 7 when we return with a new unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 